Cougar fans, it is time. Touchdown! What a grab! It's time to raise your colors, raise your voice, and join in on the raucous roundtable about your favorite team, the BYU Cougars. 15-10-5, It's time to tailgate. Cougar Tailgate, where BYU sports fandom lives. And here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, Cougar Nation? I'm Lauren McLean, and we're here to tailgate with you doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. For today's roundtable discussion, we have BYU TV sports boss man, David Phillips Jr. What's up? How's it going? And BYU Radio senior sports producer, Cleon Wall. Hi, Cleon. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for being here, guys. Well, the Cougs went down to Morgantown. Do you like that rhyme? Beautiful. And it sounds like a song, doesn't it? The Cougs went, went down, down to Morgantown. Morgantown. <laughs> I like it. And they fell hard, 37-7. to 7. Now they return home to face the 5-4 and four Iowa State Cyclones with a lot to prove and a lot to change in this 8.15 p.m. Ki- p.m. kickoff. That sounds really cold. Like, yes, that's all I yes it does. I'm like, 8.15? Yeah, but, you know, it's supposed to be 50 that day. The, the low is in the 30s, so it'll be all right. You're saying... <laughs> So you're telling you're me saying that in a the chance. positive way. The little lows in the 30s. You'll I know, but it's it's the Utah cold. Yeah, no, it's so true. It's our, dry. It's fine. It's yeah, a we'll dry be, cold. We'll be, good. we'll be good. We always begin with our hot off the grill hot takes brought to you by Bam. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, maybe one day we will be sponsored. But what is your hot off the grill hot take about BYU football right now after that West Virginia loss and heading into Iowa State? Let's talk. Let's start with Junior. Um, I think. It's it's a humbling point for them, and I hope it's a, a point where they can kind of get together and kind of rally the wagons and move forward and be able to put b- together who they really are and see. I think, hey, this is this is Big Twelve football, brother, as my yeah. band, as my friend Dan Hawkins once said. It's uh, <laughs> it's this is it. This is the tough grind. This is why teams don't go undefeated. Mm -hmm. This is why you see upsets almost every single week. It's a tough grind. And I think BYU, while they've played a great schedule, it hasn't been quite like this. And they've got, they're ending it really, really tough. So I think BYU is going to circle the wagons this week. And, and I think you're going to see a little bit of more of a different team and a little more fight than you've seen the last couple weeks. And I think they will actually pull it off. I, I love your optimism. I truly, truly do. I Vampire that, Cougs. It's think, a thing. <laughs> unless you're in West Virginia. Um, I, I really do believe there's a lot more parity in the Big 12 than we originally thought. I think we thought up until Texas, Oklahoma, there would be some parity. But even with Texas and Oklahoma, it's been it's been a crazy, crazy season. Cleon, what is your hot off the grill take? My hot off the grill take is how tough, it's a question, it's how tough is this team? And the reason why I ask that, but by the way, I will say this, all of us have tough times. I mean, at work, school, whatever it is. I mean, we all have a tough time. And but it's football like football players aren't allowed to have tough times. And, and by uh, well, they can. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> one more quick caveat. I, I don't want to compare my toughness with these guys because I don't want to meet them like on a street one day and they pound me into the ground. <laughs> That's not what I'm going for here. I'm just saying we all have tough times. And are they going to show that toughness in these last three games? You know, it. it every time it it just feels like in the last couple of games the the opponents they've just out toughed them especially at West Virginia I, I mean mm-hmm. uh, Dave was there he he knows what it was like you know we watched it on TV it just felt like they got pounded into the ground a lot you know, by the way during the game I was working because I thought well this is a good time I'll work and I'll watch the game at the same time after a while I was just like 
why am I even watching this game? I should just pay, do pay more attention to work as I'm doing this. And every time I looked up, it was either a big run by West Virginia or Jake Retzlaff running for his life yep. or, or trying to find time to to you know find a receiver that was open. I just want to see this team push other teams around. That's what I'm hoping for uh, against Iowa State. They've got three games left in Iowa State's first on the docket. I, I want to see them push another team around and show how tough they are. Not like that toughness where it's... You know, they push someone after the play is over and there's right, a flag. Right, not, right. not like that. I just want to see them be physical and show, hey, you know what? We do belong here. Yeah, we've had some tough times, but we do belong here. Um, they've not been perfect at home. I'm expecting them to be tougher at home. That's what. That's my hot off the grill tape. I, I, I think that they're going to – I want to see their toughness, and I think they're going to be tougher at home. Well, it definitely helps when you got the crowd behind you. And I'm baffled, you guys. The offenses look so bad. The offensive line has really just broken my heart. There are moments that look great, but those moments aren't many. And I'm referring specifically to the offense. I love the legs of Jake Retzlaff, but it wasn't enough. And I'm hoping for one more win, bowl eligibility, eligibility but I'm almost more excited about the offseason to see what serious changes are made. There are only three games left. I have a feeling the final two ain't going to be pretty. <laughs> so Iowa State is is the one, right, if you want to make bowl eligibility. I could be wrong. You never know. Crazy things happen. But my hot take is the defense. After giving up 567 yards of offense against West, against West Virginia, they'll return to the defense that we saw against Texas and hold the Cyclones to two touchdowns. I'm being very specific. Ooh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. But, that, but that's my bold take. I think the defense has been a bright spot apart from that West Virginia game. I've loved their toughness. I love what Jay Hill has done. And I think he, he really instills discipline in them. So I think they're going to have a great turnaround against Iowa State and do really well. Okay, let's go to our fan question segment. The question is, what is more important right now, bowl eligibility or just getting the team, specifically the offense, in the right place going into next season? Jeremiah Hale on X said, Bull eligibility will get you more ready for next season. You literally get extra weeks together to practice. How do you propose getting the offense in the right place if you cut the season short? Even if a position coach change is coming, that is valuable team cohesion time. What do you guys think? Uh, 100%. That that would be my almost exact answer on that. The time together in a bowl game, overcoming adversity, coming together, and I think seeing who you have. Yeah. And and really getting that time to see who's coming back next year. What holes do we need to fill? Do we need to go out in the transfer portal and get another Keaton Slovis, another instant starter? Or do we have our guy in Jake Retzloff? Right. And an extra three weeks of practice will go a long way to help determine that. Jacob Bardsley on X said, honestly, giving the team, getting the team in the right place is going to happen anyway the season turns out. So my vote is bowl eligibility. Exceed expectations. It irks me that the analysis – are on par for the outcome of the Cougs. All right, Damien Garbero, that is quite the Twitter name, <laughs> on X said, if Slovis isn't 100% healthy, he shouldn't be playing because Kalani wouldn't be putting the team first. At the end of 2000, Doman was put into two high-pressure games, and LE's last, I think that's Lavelle Edwards' last home game and Lavelle Edwards' last game uh, it was a comeback against UT. That prepared him for 01, which was a great year and JR can do both. What do you think about that? JR can Jake do Jake laugh. Okay. So I guess what he's trying to say, I, I, I don't quite. So what's he looking for? Is he thinking bowl game or he's get saying the if offense, Slovis is hurt, I, then, yeah. then get the offense right get the for offense Jake Retzlaff. Right. 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 
Okay, that's where I would go. I think you get the offense right now. I mean, you've got three games to do this. You've got three games to try and figure out how, and I should say the whole team here. Let's just go with the whole team. I say get the team right now. Yes, you want to win, but in reality, I think what you want to do is you want to change what's going on right now with these last three games. And if you do it right, you're going to get a win and you're going to go to a bowl game. I I think right now is more important than, hey, let's and maybe I'm playing with semantics here. But even if they lose the next three games, as long as I'm seeing some sort of improvement along the way, that's going to show to me, okay, maybe things are going in the right direction because we already know these last three games are going to be tough. I think Iowa State is a lot better than I thought they were going to be when mm-hmm. they lost their quarterback because of a gambling scandal. They played way better than I thought they would this season. This is not going to be an easy game for BYU to play. I, I, I expect it to be a low-scoring game. So my attitude is just get the team right now. And you never know, maybe you get that win and you're also going to a bowl game. Yeah, let's also not forget one of the most important things is bowl game means money. Right. For the program. Okay, so yeah, there's that. I too. think I think that that'll <laughs> Okay, think, it thinking in that vein. Money. I think that yeah, I think the money is uh will be worth it and you know, just bowl streaks how, yeah. how long will help your program in recruiting True. and everything like that. So I I think making a bowl game is vitally important. Jake Olson on X said, absolutely bowl eligibility. As Kalani has said in the past, becoming bowl eligible means more practice and playing an extra game. It all also helps on the recruiting trail, like you just said, Junior. Plus, as a fan, it means one more game to watch. Let's go Cougs. Let's win this weekend and get bowl eligible. Tyson Claire Price on X said, both. It's important for them to win at least one more game to become bowl eligible, and it's important for the team to improve, especially the offense, so that they can get some momentum going into next football season. And the majority of the other responses are saying that they want bowl eligibility as well. And I think that's what it comes down to. And are the coaches looking towards the future? Yes, yes. Of course they are. So I think they it's like everyone's kind of been saying. They're doing both. You can make a splash to end the season. So you want you want your guys to improve, but your your fate is also sealed a little bit besides bowl eligibility. You're not going to the Big 12 championship. You're not going to the playoffs. So so get your team right, and I, I love seeing what Jake Retzlaff can do when you look towards the future. Cleon, do you have anything else to add to that? I think if you can just have that one game, I'll, I'll, I'll pick two games out here that I'm thinking of that, hey, this turned our season around for us, and, and maybe that's this game against Iowa State, and that will spur better play going forward. I think last year to Boise State, when BYU played against Boise State, man, that was such a much that was a much needed win, and it seemed to change everyone's focus from what the heck is happening with this team of, oh, well, no, they're not perfect, but they're not that bad. Maybe maybe there's something here. So that's one game. The other game, and I'm going to go way back in the way back machine here, <laughs> 2005, um, BYU, uh, first year under Bronco Mendenhall. I think they started out, was it one and three or one and four? And they went down to New Mexico. I know New Mexico and Iowa State are two totally different teams, but they went down <laughs> to New Mexico. They were down in that game, and they made a turnaround in that game, and they ended up winning it. They came back to win that game. And then they went on this really, really nice winning streak, and they ended up winning all the rest of their games, well, except for one, you know, that game against Utah at the end of the season. But they ended up getting bowl eligible and going to a game. And everyone felt, I think all BYU fandom felt different after that game. It just takes, in some ways, one game 
that can change your attitude and possibly change your season around. And that could be this weekend against Iowa State. And do you guys like that Jake Ritzlaff is most likely, if Keaton is still injured, most likely going to be starting against Iowa State? You were their junior. From what you saw from Jake Ritzlaff at West Virginia, are you excited uh, about him being at the helm in the future? I'm, I'm very excited about that. It, it was interesting. We watched in preparing for the game and when the news came out that he was going to be starting, watched a little bit of his JC video. And you watch, he makes uh, plays with his legs. And which I thought, okay, if you're not getting a lot of protection, that's good. It kind of brings me back to the Jaron Hall, even what Zach Wilson could do. But I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing I'm excited about, and and coaches are always, you kind of have to take everything with a grain of salt. But we ran into Kalani Thursday night and we were talking with him and he said that he reminded, that Jake Redsloff reminded him of Steve Sarkeesian, not necessarily the way he plays, but his attitude and his drive and his fight. Mm -hmm. And I think getting out there and getting the nerves of, this is my first D1 game, it's a big game, big stage in West Virginia, that's all out. And now he can focus on, okay, I've done that, it's time to go win. It's time to go play better. This is what I was doing wrong. This is what this team needs. And making that and having a week to get ready for it, I'm I'm excited about the possibility of him. And a whole offseason next year to get ready will be pretty exciting. Right. You know, one thing I loved when I was watching that West Virginia game is there was a point he went on the sideline, and I don't know if he was yelling positive or negative mm-hmm. things at the team, but as a guy that hasn't been the starter all season long, I loved the passion that I saw with him on the sideline even and even getting after his his players you know like hey we got to be better let's go do this I love that kind of fire and that attitude and I think you have to have it as the quarterback I feel bad for Keaton Slovis you guys I think he's a great quarterback I think he thought he was going to have this phenomenal offensive line and he could play his pro style uh type quarterback and he he couldn't do that he couldn't do that so I I, I don't know I don't know what's going to happen with Keaton I feel bad for him but I'm definitely excited for the future with Jake Retzlaff Okay, guys, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we are going to take a look at the new scheduling matrix for the Big 12. This is Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean alongside Cleon Wall and David Phillips Jr. The Big 12 recently dropped its brand new matrix for games schedules from 2024 to 2027. The matrix prioritizes protecting in-state rivalries and keeping games geographically oriented. Every team has either five or four home games and switches locations of recurring games yearly. BYU will be facing ASU, Utah, Baylor, and UCF away, and Arizona, Houston, Oklahoma State, Kansas, and Kansas State at home next year. That's a fun home schedule right there. That is a very fun home schedule. That is going to be awesome next year. All right, let's start with you, Junior. Are you glad that the BYU-Utah rivalry is protected? Yes, I think. <laughs> come on, this is what. Yeah, come on. on. Let, just say it. This just is what. Say this, it. No, no. This is. I think this is what makes college sports awesome. It makes it fun, <laughs> and it makes it matter, and it makes it like it is one of the most important things in the state. Um, no matter what side you're on, doesn't matter what some fan bases say that oh, it's they're not a rival. Yes, it is. It matters, and it's fun. Um, you know, you you kind of hope that it's not as hate-filled and vitriol, yeah. but it will be. Um, <laughs> but I think, honestly, no, I, I am excited for it to be back. I'm, it, it's one of those, imagine this year, we're sitting there, you were talking about bowl eligibility, getting this right. It doesn't matter 
when you get to that last game, when mm-hmm. you're playing Utah, BYU, it's it's all out there. Hey, they may need this win. It doesn't matter how Utah's doing in the season. You know BYU has a chance because emotionally they're in it. We had talked about the fight we wanted them to have. It's there. You could go over, but if you win that last game, <laughs> you can that's hang what your matters. Head up you can hang your hat. You don't want to ever go over. Right. You want to win, but um, no, it it is a great thing. It's what makes college football college football. It's what makes it matter, and it's what makes you want to tune in every week. Yeah, I already it, know it, your it, answer. It, Liam. It, yes, of course. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Bring this back. This has not been a regular since 2010. 2010. 2010 was the last time it was regular when they were conference rivals in the Mountain West. Is that right? Yeah, but they yeah. they played for they the played first regularly. Yes, yeah. but I'm, then uh, yeah. but yeah, it wasn't, and it moved. You know, it we they had one game in this whole time since 2010. That was the last game of the season. The rest of them were first or second game, and so it, you can debate whether you want it that first game and you have all off season to talk about it and prepare, or if you want it the last one and it's there. You know, but yeah. I, I think looking back to it, too, is that when you have that rivalry, you still have something to play for, just like what you talked about. I, I was thinking back that, you know, the person who did that social media post earlier, they talked about Lavelle's last game. For BYU fans, that meant a lot to them. It was that it, it made BYU, it ha, BYU ended up 500. It was an amazing finish to a season. It was an amazing game. I go back to just that, even that 2005. That 2005 game that Utah won in Broncos' first season and Kyle's first season as head coaches, that was an amazing game. It was so fun to watch. Even as a BYU fan, me, I look back on that game way more fondly now because it was an amazing game, even though BYU lost that game. Mm-hmm. I just love seeing these two teams play, and if you can get away from all the hate that goes along with it, it's really an amazing It's an amazing series. And that's why I have mixed feelings about it. I don't like that. It just gives me a bad taste in my mouth. You never get on social media, especially the week of the BYU-Utah game. I love that BYU— Or the week after. Yeah, or the week after, <laughs> exactly. I love that BYU had its own thing in the Big 12, and I'm a little bit bummed they don't have that anymore. I think that was great for recruiting for BYU— Utah's in the Pac-12, BYU in the Big 12. They're both Power 5. If you want to play in Texas, you play for BYU. If you want to play on the West Coast, play for Utah. They don't have that anymore. And I know, but I mean, I guess a good thing is when they go head-to-head, that still affects recruiting, right? You just really hope that, uh, in our case, that BYU has the leg up. Okay, guys, do you like the Matrix as a whole? Because it's a little confusing, but they have to make it work because there are 16 teams. What do you think, Cleon? Yes, man, I'm going to split the middle here. Yes and no. I guess maybe I lean towards yes. I think the reason why I lean a little bit towards yes is just because you get to play every team in the conference in a four-year period. And I like that because you have other conferences out there that they don't get to do that. So some rivalries are just thrown out the window for like four years and they don't play each other. That's the one thing I like about this is that you are going to play every single team. And Utah's going to be protected every year, and certain teams you're going to play a little more than others, like BYU's going to play UCF three out of the next four years. Yeah. I would accept. I would expect the next four year it, it'd be just the opposite, where right. it's it's downplayed a little bit more. But that's the thing I like. The the thing I don't like about it is I was kind of hoping that when the the four Western schools joined the Big Twelve outside of BYU, I was kind of hoping for more of those games, like. Every year, BYU would play Arizona and Arizona State and possibly Colorado, too. I was kind of hoping for that because the one thing I like about college football, I, I know it's you know not rivalries, but regional rivalries. I mean, mm-hmm. say what you want about 
um, moving to the Big 12, and hey, we get to play Kansas, and we get to play Baylor. There's something about playing some of these teams on a year-in and year-out basis. The past few years in independence, I've really enjoyed that BYU's played some old Mountain West slash whack rivals. I like that they played the Wyomings. I like that they played some of these teams, that the, the San Diego State's teams they played in the past. And so I was kind of hoping to build that up, this regional rivalry, even though Utah is the rival. I, I like the regional rivalry. But if we're going to go for the whole of the conference, I would probably say I like the Matrix. I love the Matrix. And I think here's a big reason why is I feel like some other conferences will protect certain teams, mm-hmm. SEC, yeah. where, you know, Alabama and Georgia oh, yeah. don't ever play. And a lot of times in these, especially conferences like the Big 12, you don't know who's going to be good, who's going to be that team that surprises everyone. So setting these out four years in advance, you can't say, oh, man, they just hosed BYU. They didn't. We don't know what UCF's going to be. We don't know what Cincinnati's going to be. We don't know what these teams are going to be. There's a couple of the Blue Bloods that you kind of know are Mm going to be good year in, year out, consistently. But there is that. That equality in scheduling is I couldn't tell you what this BYU team is going to look like in three years. It could be 100% different. And so I love that it's out there and it's that far ahead and you can start developing and circling the calendar and finding those things. And even for recruiting, you recruit a kid from Florida, hey, guess what? BYU's coming there. Yeah. We're coming there three of the next four years. Right. So you can say that, not like, well, we hope we'll be there. And then it ends up, well, no, we don't go to right. Central Florida at all. So. I like the matrix. I like it being out there um, and and kind of knowing where you're going to be and when to circle the calendar for certain dates. Mm, I like that. I think that's a really good point. When it comes down to it for me, I don't care that much. Let's just play football. I love, <laughs> I'm serious. Boo. I'm like I'm like I like I like looking at the team. I love that home schedule next year. I think uh, from top to bottom, it's like you said. You don't know how people are going to be. So I'm like just let's just play football in the Big Twelve. I think it's going to be so much fun. And ASU is garbage, Cleon, so I'm sorry. I wouldn't mind playing them as much. Wow. <laughs> they are now. They are now. They are now. Garbage. But uh, we said the same thing about Arizona for years, and yeah. they look tough. No, it's true. They look really good. Yes. And so, you know, and Colorado was a doormat for so long. You get the right coach. You're, you're getting a you little bit. But who knows? Who's yeah. going to be there in a couple of years? So, so it, it's it's fun to to be able to experience that to go to these different places to go to West Virginia, where the biggest city, the population of the biggest city, Charleston in West Virginia, is forty eight thousand. That stadium holds sixty thousand. On game day, it becomes <laughs> cool. the biggest city in West Virginia. It's a unique experience, and it's something fun that you get to to go and experience. So I, I like the fact that it's not just, hey, we're only staying out west. It's we're getting to experience. We're going to experience the bounce house. We're going to experience some of these, you know, different venues and, yeah. and things that I think will be great. You mentioned that BYU gets to go to UCF. However, BYU only goes to Texas two games a year, and one of them is on the road. Is BYU getting enough games against Texas schools, Cleon? You know, for recruiting purposes, I think it'd be great if they played more. But in reality, I think this is probably good. They at least get to play two Texas schools every year. I mean, at least you can tell, you know, the recruits, hey, guess what? We're going to play two Texas schools this year. and We're coming down to Texas at least once. That's the good thing. The problem is Texas is so big. <laughs> you you can recruit a kid yeah. from Houston and maybe your only trip that year is going to be to Lubbock. And that's not close. Right. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> but at least you're there. At least you're going to be in that state every single year. 
I know the what I was told was Houston is always an hour away from Houston. The city is so big. No matter <laughs> so where you are, true. you're still an hour away from Houston. No, I I I think hey, go to the championship game. That's always going to be in there Texas. You then you can play a third time in there Texas. You go. There no. You go. <laughs> I I think it's great to play these schools and and to kind of get a mix and I think we're we'll develop. I think there's going to be kind of a natural rivalry with Baylor, but I think you'll be able to to get that um as we as the years go on and you play more and more and different games happen feelings hurt different things like that so i think i think it's going to be fine my husband's from houston and the last time we went there we just went out to lunch somewhere and i saw these giant high school kids just eating lunch and i went over there and i'm like hey have you guys ever heard of byu <laughs> i was doing my own recruiting the coaches should hire me and they're like no and I was like, well, listen, it's this great school in Provo, Utah. They'll <laughs> love you down there. And they're like, we're already committed to. I can't even remember where they were going. I was like, well, don't forget us. Tell your friends. All right, guys. Deion Sanders at Colorado. Why are we not playing more games against our eastern neighbor? It is an eight-hour drive. And we are not. We don't get to play Colorado year in and year out. That is that something you're bummed about, Junior? A little bit. I think that's a fun one um, with Colorado. But – you know, you saw that in the Pac-12 where they tried to force the Utah-Colorado rivalry, and yeah, it no. wasn't there. Yeah. And I think the best rivalries and the best going back and forth is going to be those things that come naturally. Yeah. So I'm okay with not trying to force it. We'll see. And maybe after four years they go, you know what? We just want to keep it regionally. Right. Totally. I would just love to see Deion Sanders in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. <laughs> every other year <laughs> wouldn't that be so cool you know the the atmosphere would just be absolutely electric every time he came in Cleon what do you think I, I kind of go back to the whole regional thing I was kind of hoping for that but I also played the other side of it too Colorado's already been in the big eight slash big 12 before so they have you know rivals too over there and they actually border Kansas and Kansas State I guess you could say on on that end of it I was kind of hoping for it again I was kind of hoping for that regional rivalry it's not I'd like Colorado. I I, yeah. I mean I I I've had family that's lived in Colorado. I was hoping that we'd play Colorado a little bit more, but I guess this is okay. We'll we'll take it. We'll yeah. take, I, I'll still say it's a net pot. The, the matrix is a net positive. I wish we played Colorado more, but it's a net positive. Still. Throw Dion out. So okay. say Dion takes oh, an then NFL job, then you don't get, exactly. So okay, we don't I know. Do. We I can't. Do, we but. can't. You know, the Dion factor is fun. I, I'm telling you, I am so stoked for Media Day this next year. Oh, yeah. Where we will get, where he will be on BYU TV. And that, that'll be fun. That's going to be awesome. I know they're awesome. going to probably limit you on this, but I would have to say that don't you think he's going to talk for a long time? You, you, oh, yeah. We've got you for 10 minutes, coach. You're like, Right. Okay. We'll probably have for like 15. <laughs> yeah. But everyone, everyone's going to do that too. So yeah. we're, we'll. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. I can't wait to hear what he says about BYU. Okay, guys, we're going to look forward to Iowa State. We're going to play a rousing round of is it BYU or is it Iowa State to test your Cyclone knowledge. Okay, you ready? Okay. Number one, this university's creamery started in 1881. Cleon? I know the answer to this, so I'm not going to. It's going to be Iowa State. Correct. BYU was after that. The Iowa State Creamery was founded as part of their food science program selling liquid dairy products out of a wooden barn. BYU's creamery didn't come around until 19. 49. Cool. Uh, they both have creameries, though. I, I will say, I, I've been to the Iowa State Creamery. They do not have the the number of ice cream that BYU Creamery <laughs> does, but it's because their students run a lot of that. Mm. So they will only have like six flavors at a time. But boy, was it good. 
Yes, oh. I did. I did partake. I'm hungry. <laughs> I did partake. Which school had live versions of their mascot, which escaped leading to a line in their fight song? BYU or Iowa State? I'm going to go BYU. Correct. In 1925, two Cougar clubs, Cubs, not clubs, Cubs, Cleo and Tarbo, were brought to campus to serve as mascots. They escaped from the south side of Temple Hill until, no, they weren't. They were I'm sorry. The cougar kittens were kept on the south side of Temple Hill until 1929. I was like, they lived there. When they managed to break out of their cage, sending out a cry from the faculty, the cougars are out. out. I love it. The Cyclones mascot <laughs> is Cy the Cardinal. So if the Cardinals escaped, I don't think anyone would care. I don't think anyone would care. Yeah, no, no one cares. By the way, they came up, the, Iowa State came up with their, their mascot because they had no way to like, how do we make a mascot out of a cyclone? Out of a cyclone. Yeah. <laughs> we'll Let's do a cardinal. A, we'll, we'll make it a bird. <laughs> All right. This city was established due to the railroad, Ames or Provo? I'm going to go with Ames. Correct. You are three for three. Ames was platted as a city and was established in 1864 to serve the Cedar Rapids and Missouri River Railroad. But as we know, that's a huge thing in Utah as well. All right. Number four, the school had their first first african-american athlete in 1923 iowa state correct cleon the guy's name is jack trice and you had the opportunity to learn about him a little bit what do you want to say about him yeah this this is a really really cool story 100 years ago jack trice was the first uh, black player for iowa state in his first real football game um he sustained injuries and he ended up dying like two or three um year two or three days later. And you're probably thinking, why is this such a cool story? It, it is a cool story because, first of all, Iowa State had black players on their team so early. But the story was kind of forgotten for a long time until the 1950s. And then a a, a, a guy who a was student. a student, he and he ended up becoming a journalism professor at Iowa State. He found a plaque about Jack Trice in the gym. And he goes, well, this is a cool story. So he started looking it up and he wrote a story on it. Uh, in a magazine at Iowa State, and it really didn't move a lot of people. But as he kept in that area and as he kept with students there at Iowa State, he kept telling them, oh, by the way, this is the anniversary of when Jack Trice died. So it was just Mm. kept in their minds. Well, in the 1970s, an English class said, you know what? We should name the stadium after him because they were building a brand new stadium there in Ames. And they said, we should name a stadium after him. And it didn't quite go over with the university, but each year students just kept saying we should name the stadium after him. Finally, in 1997, um, the stadium was named after him. First, it was just the field, and then they named the stadium after him. So this is the 100th anniversary of Jack Trice dying on the football field, but a cool anniversary because it means so much to the community and to the university that he is the only person to have a stadium nam- named after him, the only black player to have a stadium named after him. That's really And that's cool. what's cool. And I'll do a little self-promotion here. Uh, if you want to find out more, uh, Big Stories Podcasts, uh, go check that out. I We have a, a great story about it. Also, the big stories on BYU TV. Go to BYUSN.com. Um, there's going to be some good stuff, both both places, about Jack Trice. It's, it's such an unbelievable story. He actually wrote a letter the night before the game, talking about how he felt he was a representative of his community and how he was going to work and how he was going to do more. And so Mm. the phrase he repeated was, I will. And now on this outside the stadium, when they run out of the locker room, there's a big sign that says, I will. And every year, Matt Campbell 
reads that letter to his players. And it is so powerful. It's such an amazing thing. The community got so far behind this that they put up billboards that said, Welcome to Ames, Iowa, home of Jack Trice Stadium. Before they named the stadium, Hmm. they had uh, planes that would fly banners that said, Welcome to Jack Trice Stadium, all before the stadium was named to help encourage people to name it after him. That's incredible. It's it's such an incredible incredible story. And it's heartbreaking, but how cool. If he has any family that's still left around to be able to see that and his his legacy come to fruition. And, that, and that's one of the cool things. If you go watch the story or listen to the story on the podcast, you'll hear from one of his relatives. A first question a first cousin twice removed mm. who ended up actually going to Iowa State because he found out about Jack Trice. That's so cool. Well make sure you guys go uh, check out both of those stories, big stories on BOU TV and BOU Radio. All right, and that does it for us today. Thanks again to Dave Phillips Jr. and Cleon Wall for coming on the show with me. Carter Bond and Tori Kimball helped produce this episode. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.